When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Salah. Cancelo. Oh, it's brilliant from Mo Salah. And still, Salah. Oh, sensational. Son had a goal and still the beauty. Oh, what a strike from Yuri Tielemans. De Bruyne. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable, with your host, Tariwa Chanakira, and his guest, Jake Jackman. It's game week 14 and you know what that means. It's time for another brand new episode of A Tad Predictable. We know there are teams that are busy with Champions League this week, but they will soon need to turn attention to the Premier League. And we've got just one fan, Newcastle fan, EPL Index writer and Twitter. Can I call you a Twitter troll? Twitter analyst? Jake Am Jackman. I, <laughs> <laughs> I saw some people were getting quite upset with you um, on Twitter oh, today. Sometimes, yeah, that does happen sometimes. Ah, uh, fair enough. That that is the landscape that is Twitter, um, or X, formerly known as Twitter. Jake, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, it's always good to have you back on, Jake. Um, obviously. Before we started recording, we sent over the updated Mohamed Salah Mountain to you. Um, you're going to have a chance halfway through the show to give your initial thoughts on it. I think it's just, it's been tweeted out. Um, so we'll see what people have to say with regards to it. Uh, it's, it's had some, some pushback. Um, with regards to one, who's on top of it and to some of the names that are on it and not on it, but it, it's fine. I think, um, the panel has been working really hard. It's another successful list. I, I can't fault it, but we'll definitely hear what you have to say about that later on in the show. But we do have a whole batch of games to get through first. Um, majority of which, if not all of them are going to be on Saturday. We'll then go into. Muhammad Salah Mountain, and then we'll run through Sunday's games. Now, games are coming thick and fast in December, Jake. Is that going to be a factor that comes into your analysis for these games coming up? I know there's Champions League, there's Europa League, all of the European competitions, Carabao Cup, I'm, I'm assuming, um, pokes its head up sometime in December. And obviously, we've seen 
December has a lot of games. Um, obviously, in the next couple of weeks, there are midweek games as well in the Premier League. Yeah, I think you've got to factor it in. You know, you know, everything goes into my calculation. Don't worry about that. It's a, it's a foolproof system. <laughs> no doubt about that. And of course, you did win Banker or Burnett last season. So he, he does know what he's talking about um, when it comes to football predictions. Jake, let's start off with now league leaders Arsenal. They will be hosting Wolves. Obviously, they'll be coming back to a hero's welcome after their late win at Brentford last weekend. How do you see them handling a Wolves side that I think they're going to be suffering, you know, this weekend. They lost a couple of players um, during Monday night's game against Fulham due to uh, yellow card suspensions. Yeah, I think it's going to be a it's, it's a tough game for Arsenal um, this weekend. I think Wolves have been really good this year. I think they've been a little bit better at home, but um, yeah, they, they had some pretty shocking decisions on uh, Monday night, and they seem to be getting those on an almost weekly basis. Uh, surprised uh, Gary O'Neill hasn't self-combusted at this point, but um, they, they go on. Yeah, they've got a couple of suspensions. I think it's Lamina and Gomez, isn't it, that go out. So they're going to be a little bit light in the midfield, which um, isn't ideal for them. Um, and I, I, But I think it's going to be a tight game. Arsenal's attack just doesn't seem to be um, firing this year. They seem, they seem to be really disappointed. Martinelli doesn't really seem to be up to much. Um, Jesus and Odegaard have had their injuries but have not really hit full flow. You can only say Saka has been the one that's been put into consistent performances. So, um, yeah, they've been at home. You'd think they'll win the game um, but I don't think it's going to be a classic. I think it's going to be quite a tight game. I think I'll go... I think I'm going to go 2-0 to Arsenal. Um, just doing suspensions, getting Arsenal an extra goal. Otherwise, I would have won 1-0. But yeah, I think um, they Arsenal will win. Um, but yeah, I just haven't really been impressed really with them this season. They just seem to be playing with the handbrake on. Whether that is to get more balance to their defence, I'm not sure. But yeah, they just don't seem to be the, the same um, attacking force that they were last year. But I think they'll win this weekend too now. Could there be anything to the fact that maybe they're trying to pace themselves? I, I don't know if, if, if there's any credence to it. But we saw last season they were high on flying and then sort of the wheels fell apart in the second half of the season. Could it be Arteta's just trying to keep them you know, um, defensively solid. Obviously, the aim is to win games, but keep things tight, get wins on the board, and then maybe play a more expansive style of football in the second half of the season when they do have the energy to do that, whereas it seemed like they did it in the first half of the season and, and kind of ran out of steam towards the end of last season. Yeah, it could be that. It definitely seems deliberate in the in the, in the the setup. They, they, it does seem like they're not trying to sort of bloating the way as they were last year. So, yeah, it could be deliberate as a way to sort of contain energy and avoid a drop-off as they had last year. But um, they are, they just, their games just aren't really great to watch at the moment. And I think it, it, it's by design. But, yeah, it just, it just makes it difficult to predict lots of goals in Arsenal games. Yeah, and I, I was really looking forward to this game prior to all those suspensions that you mentioned because I, I do think... The likes of Lamina have fared pretty well for Wolves this season. Wolves have been a team that have caused um, many of the, the traditionally bigger teams a lot of problems this season. And I, I think it would have been a really good test for Arsenal at home. You know the emphasis would have been on them to be more expansive um, and then have to sort of handle Wolves and, and the threat that they have at the moment. 
considering the suspensions, I think it's going to be too much for, for Wolves' squad depth. Um, yeah. Um, Arsenal aren't scoring a lot of goals in games, but somehow I think this is, this is a game that they do get uh, a few, a few fair goals. I'm going to go 3-0 to Arsenal on this one. And as I said, it, it's a game I'm now disappointed in because it was one that I was really looking forward to. Obviously, no 12.30 kickoffs. This is one of the plethora of three o'clock games that happened on Saturday. Another one of those is the aforementioned Brentford who lost quite narrowly to Arsenal on the weekend. They will be hosting, uh, buoyant uh, Luton Town. What did you make of Luton's win against Crystal Palace? And obviously Brentford, they they will be trying to get back to winning ways in this one. Yeah, it's gonna it's, it's a big game for Brentford, I think. Um, being at home against the team that you'd expect them to beat. They had had some good results um, prior to the weekend, so maybe they'll bounce back uh, and deliver something a little bit better. Um, they are normally so good at home, uh, and they're a little bit unlucky against Arsenal, really. They could they could have taken at least a point, maybe even three on the day. Uh, Ramsey was quite um, uncertain goal, uh, to put it kindly. But yeah, I think, they, I think they'll bounce back with a win here. I think Luton have been... Uh, have been so competitive this year, and it's, I think it's their home form that's going to either keep them up or send them down. I still think it's going to be a big ask for them to stay off, but they, you know, they have been showing signs recently, but it's, it's at home that they're going to do their business if they're going to do it at all. I think Brentford is one of the more difficult grounds to go in. They've got a pretty decent home record, really, since they've been in the Premier League, um, and they've just got better players. And I think that the sort of the physicalness that Luton have sort of played with, um, relying on set pieces and causing a real threat in those situations. It's something that's not really going to bother Brentford. Brentford are sort of one of those teams that are, are really good at set pieces. They're physical. They don't mind a bit of a battle. So in in that sense, I don't think Luton style is going to be that much of a, uh, an ace this weekend. I think it's going to be that Brentford deal with that well and just have the quality going forward to get the points. Um, and Buemo has obviously had a very good season. I'd expect him to do well this weekend. Um so yeah, I think I'm going to go for another two 0 I think it's going to be a a comfortable home win for Brentford. Yeah, um, for Brentford fans, I think that would be music to their ears. I'm interested to see if Luton can sort of maintain this momentum, you know, going into this game against Brentford. For for Brentford, we know they like to play on the counter attack. We know they're comfortable with the other team having more of the ball. That's not going to be the case for them this week. They're going to be the side probably um, gearing up for the other team countering against them. I can see Luton making this tough. I've gone 1-1, Jake. I think this is going to be one of those, um, one of the game. I don't know if you can classify it as a, as a, you know, a, a, a full on upset, but I think a point would be phenomenal for Luton away from home at a ground that has been very tough for so many teams uh, around the league. What was your score there for Brentford? 2-0. Two 2-0 two to Brentford. So you're, you're confident that they've, they're going to see that game out. I think that Luton might be able to pull off something in this one. Let's move on to Burnley versus Sheffield United. Now, when it comes to Burnley, I think, and, and obviously there's one of the players I do want to talk about when we get to, uh, Mohamed Salah Mountain. Obviously, uh, Luca has been playing well for them, Kaliosho. Um, for me, 
Brentford, uh, Burnley's survival kind of rests and falls with how well and how consistent he's going to be this season. Cause he seems to be the spark for them at the moment. And, and, it, you know, it's, it's going to be a tall order for him to continue to be, you know, consistent and deliver for them. I know we've seen flashes from him this season. Um, obviously on the weekend, his, run helped them get that you know end up getting the goal against Burn, uh, against West Ham when they were leading and they obviously eventually lost that game but yeah I, I think he's the source of 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 their them staying in the Premier League this season for Sheffield United um it it felt like a team that's been rather unlucky this season but I, I just thought against Bournemouth, they got thoroughly dismantled. Um, they get that late, late consolation goal from McBurney. But are you giving them much hope, you know, looking beyond this game? Obviously, this is the proverbial six-pointer. If you're looking at both of these teams, they're looking at this game. They would have targeted this game. It would have been marked on their calendars as a must-win game. Yes, yeah, it's a, a must-win for both teams. I think it's probably going to decide which one's going to be the first to get the sack. I think if either of them lose this weekend, I think that's going to be, you know, pretty pretty cut and dried that they're going to lose their job. Even company, I think if, they, if he loses this weekend, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Burnley looking for another manager. So it's absolutely huge. And I, I think it's less about styles of play and quality of player as it is to, just the mentality and being able to deal with the, the enormity of the game. Um, and I just really haven't been convinced by Burnley. They're so sloppy at the back. They just don't seem to have any confidence. Whereas at least with Sheffield United, I think we've seen, we've seen more from them sort of mentally, uh, the way they fought back against Brighton, uh, the home win against Wolves. Um, they do see, I just, I've just been more, I've not been impressed by either, but I've been slightly more impressed with Sheffield United. I think they're going to go there and win. I'm going to tip the, I'm going to tip the away win. I just think the wheels are coming off completely at Burnley. Um, and I just, I still think that the players at Sheffield United sort of are still buying into what Hecken and uh, Heckenbottom are selling them, and I just don't think it, that's the case at Burnley. I think that he's company has been shown up. Um, See, so yeah, I think I'm going to go for the, I'm going to go for the Sheffield United win. I'm going to go for the surprise. I'm going to go for two one. That seems to be a common scoreline in Burnley matches, and going down two one. And I think that's going to happen again this weekend. Um, yeah, I think Sheffield United are going to get the win. Um, which probably surprised some, but I just, I just, I just seen more from them this season than I've seen from Burnley. I don't know if um, this is one of those games. To me, it looks like one of those games that's going to be end to end, but not going to have too many goals in it to to justify how um, back and forth the game's going to be. I, I'm going to tip the one 0 Burnley win. I'm leaning on my boy Luca. Um, I, I want to see more consistency for him. I want him to prove me right, putting him on that base camp for, um, Mohamed Salah mountain and, and we'll see whether or not he can actually start his climb and start to ascend that mountain. But I do think at home with the crowd against a team that they're familiar with. I'll bet the fact, you know, Burnley, obviously, they're not necessarily familiar with their own team with the amount of changes that they've had this season. But I, I think against the teams that they came up with, they're going to have an upper hand and I can see them winning this one 1-0. Let's move on to Nottingham Forest versus Everton. 
I don't know if you if if you have thoughts on the Everton um points deduction that happened obviously during the international break and if you do please do uh, elaborate on that I spoke on it a bit um last time out for me personally I think um whether or not it was enough of a points deduction will pretty much only be decided and the story will only really be told if Everton are able to stay up the season um if they are is is the punishment enough of a deterrent i don't know um and obviously we'll 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 see whether or not the other teams that were relegated are going to pursue you know there there are rumors that they'll pursue legal action but i i i don't know i don't know whether or not um they will so we'll see from that that's that standpoint but yeah from from my perspective i saw it as you know that deterrence theory in law that you know people are most likely to be dissuaded from committing a crime if punishment is swift which we've seen with the everton situation that they came to a decision quite quickly in you know relative to to other teams that have investigations going on against them um it has to be certain um obviously and then it has to be severe now the question is whether or not we find that decision severe enough um as i said i'll i'll let you talk on that if you want to they were um i thought emphatically beaten by man united from you know when you look at it on paper but when you look at the game i thought everton were in it for a good while they couldn't find the back of the net but then you know united were more clinical they ended up just running away with the game um and then obviously from the nottingham forest side of things they were looking good against brighton quite early on um it ended up being quite an interesting game we know the woes brighton have defensively i thought nottingham forest capitalized on that quite well but they then were a bit undone defensively with some magic from uh, ferguson and pedro this could be a good game uh it's away from home for everton so maybe the pressure will be slightly off the players um in that sense but nottingham forest last season were quite good at home um i'm sure they'll be wanting to continue to develop that even more this season <sighs> i'm leaning 1-1 jake i'm leaning 1-1 in this game i i think everton still have some fight they still have that you know we've been um on the wrong end of justice type of us against the world mentality that they will be hoping to garner into results um for the rest of the season nottingham forest i think i think they look good i think morgan gibbs white is 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 playing well um obviously still a young player that needs to take that eventual next step to consistency but but i like what he's doing there um can he drive them to a win i don't think so i think a 1-1 draw in this one um will be the result yeah they only join you on the 1-1 i think it's a good a good prediction for this game Nottingham forest i think since the start of the year they've only lost three times at home so in the premier league yeah so one of them obviously last weekend um i think another one was against newcastle i can't remember who the other one was against but i think it was against another sort of top team so they they are pretty reliable at home um, but I think they're going to miss Taiwo Awini. He's obviously out for a few months. He's, he's a big player for them. Chris Wood, I think, is a good, a solid coming striker, but he just doesn't have the same sort of pace and dynamism that, that Awini has. And, um, if you think about James Talkowski, who would he want to come up against? Probably Chris Wood, somebody he knows well. 
does have a lot of pace uh, and somebody's going to go into that sort of physical battle, which I think Tarkovsky will be comfortable with. Um, and yeah, I think United Forest have struggled to find their best team, really. This pressure on Steve Cooper again, the sort of rumours going around that he might be losing his job soon, which seems they've been desperate to do that since he came, since Nottingham Forest came up, but they just keep getting results when he needs them. So maybe they'll get another one this weekend. Um, but yeah, Everton were good last weekend. If, you know, if Gunn actually doesn't score, what's probably going to be the goal of the season, then they don't give away that penalty. They probably get some from the game. Um, they were just very unlucky with those two moments. Um, and yeah, they, they created so many good chances. Like Calvert-Lewin, I think, had two really good chances to Corey had another one. Um, yeah, they, they probably should have scored in that first half. Uh, and they've been pretty good all season. Um, they see, they do create a lot of chances. Their finishing lets them down, but they do create a lot. And they don't concede loads of clear-cut chances. So I think they'll be all right. Um, but yeah, I think away from home against Nottingham Forest, it, it'll be tough. I think 1-1 is a good prediction. And yeah, on the points deduction, um, it's difficult to know, really. Um, 10 points. I think 10 points is a big points deduction. Um, and if it had happened in any other season in the last sort of three or four or probably in the next two, it probably does condemn Everton's relegation. It just seems to have come in the right season. And I don't, I think if they stay up, that's not proof that the punishment isn't enough. I just think, I just think they've got it in a good year. Um, and yeah, if they'd have got it last year, they'd have went down. If they'd had it year before, they'd have went down. If they'd, if they'd had it next year, I'm sure they probably would have went down. So, um, yeah, it's just, they've just got it at a good time. I still think it's a, still think it's a, a punishment that's going to deter a lot of people. Um, and yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what other punishments come to clubs in the coming years. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think 10 points is a, is a, is, is very much a deterrent. Um, they've, everything just got fortunate when it's come for them, but it's not their fault that there's three very poor teams in the Premier League this season. Yeah. And as you said, if there was a season for them to get the deduction, I think this one has been a good one for them and also the timing of it there's still more than half of the season to go that they can sort of try and claw back those points. But yeah, it, it, it's hard getting points in the Premier League. So 10 points is a lot. Um, but I do think there's a lot of points still to be gained that they could get that could just claw their, their way back into survival. And from my perspective, as I've always said, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those Liverpool fans that I don't mind Everton as long as they finish one position below Liverpool. So. Even that includes cup competitions as well. I'm happy for Everton to make the final against Liverpool as long as they lose to Liverpool. I don't want to see them go down. Um, I don't enjoy their demise in that sense because I, I, I just think overall it, it would just be, um, a horrible result for the city of, of Liverpool. And then also they always guarantee us about four, if not six points every season. So why wouldn't I want them to stay in the Premier League? I, I, li- I like them being in the Premier League. I hope they stay up. Um, and as I said, as long as they finish one place below Liverpool, I don't have any issues with them. I do have an issue with Man United, though. I won't lie. Um, they were tormenting me in most of my childhood. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of theirs. Jake, I'm sure you're not going to be a big fan of theirs this weekend. Newcastle will be entertaining entertaining Man United. It's an 8 o'clock kickoff. If you're in the UK, it's on TNT Sport. But obviously, if you link up with our presenting sponsors, Liberty Shield, this podcast is presented by EPRindex.com in association with Liberty Shield, then you would be able to pick up one of those Liberty Shield VPNs, especially if you use the coupon code EPL25, you would get 25% off of your 
either the router or the software VPN, which downloads straight onto your devices. It's a virtual private network, which is a technology that encrypts your internet traffic. It protects your online identity and hides your IP address. It uh, shields your online data from third parties, and you guys can change your locations avoid geoblocks and government-imposed restrictions to access any website. Also, go and check out EPL Index Shop. I know it's getting to the Christmas time. If you want to buy a gift for family, friends, frenemies, go check out EPL Index Shop on Etsy. If you use the coupon code EPL10, you'll get 10% off at checkout. Jake, talk to me about Newcastle versus Man United. Obviously, both teams would have completed their Champions League duties by the time this podcast is out. But, you know, just peeling back the curtain, we haven't seen the Man United game yet. We've seen the Newcastle one. Um, I don't know if you want to rant on that as well, but what do you reckon this game is going to entail? Yeah, it's going to be a tough game, I think, for Newcastle. As as I'm speaking to you right now, there are rumours that the Manchester United Champions League game might be getting postponed uh, because of the weather, so that would not be good for Newcastle if that does happen. So uh, hopefully that doesn't happen, but it, it's a possibility as, as I speak now. So that would definitely give Manchester United an advantage, even though they've probably done some travelling. They wouldn't have uh, played a match. Um, whereas Newcastle, obviously, last night against Paris, uh, Paris and Japan would play 90 minutes. We didn't make any substitutes because we didn't really have any options to. Um, and they, they, the players were absolutely out on their feet by the end of the game. So yeah, fatigue is going to be a massive one this weekend. I think um, if it was away from home, I, it would be uh, probably a different story. I think we, we struggled at Bournemouth after the Champions League game. Uh, I think it was West Ham as well we went away to, uh, and that was on a Sunday. But yeah, we sort of struggled there. So to be at home, I think it's a massive plus for us. Um, we are sort of normally really reliable at home, um, other than the Liverpool game, which is sort of just a freak sort of ten minutes at the end uh, after Newcastle probably been the better team for most of the game. Um, We'd be we'd won every game this season at home, um, so you sort of hope for that to continue. Um, Chelsea last week obviously came with, with big expectations. I think a lot of neutrals probably would expect them to go to Newcastle and, and win, given our injuries. But it was four one. It was, it was pretty comprehensive by the end. So yeah, we're, we're reliable at home, um, and we've already beat Manchester United once this season uh, in the Carabao Cup. So that's something to sort of give us some confidence too. And that was with, with a much changed team. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm, pre- I'm pretty confident for this one. I just think what Manchester United lack um, is the sort of that work work rate in midfield. Um, they don't sort of like teams that, that press them, and it's definitely going to be what happens this weekend. It might be sort of a, a press at seventy five percent because of the injuries and the fatigue we have, but it's still going to be a press. Um, and yeah, I, I think we'll, we've got enough to beat Manchester United. Um, I think they were lucky at Everton last week. Um, if they if they if both teams sort of deliver the same level of performance they showed last weekend, it would there'd only be one winner. Um and yeah, it'd be Newcastle. So I'm I'm pretty confident. Um hopefully we don't have any more injuries. Um fingers crossed I don't think we will. Um so yeah, I think I think we'll win this weekend. And that will hopefully give us some time to sort of regroup after that. Um so yeah, I think I think it's gonna be hope I think it's gonna be a Newcastle win. Um probably say I think I'll go three one. Three one. Uh, yeah, I think we'll win. I was I was leaning three nil, um, but yeah, three one. Nah, I I think it's going to be three nil to Newcastle. I just think it's going to be an emphatic win. I think the fact that both teams are traveling away in the Champions League, both playing must win games, um, sort of neutralizes that 
worry or fatigue that you you head into the weekend with when you usually play in Europe? You know, if if they were playing against, I don't know, say a uh, 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 Brighton or a Brentford that's been rested, I think both teams would be quite worried with the depth that they have at the moment, with the injury list that they have at the moment, going into those games against fresh teams that have had a week to prepare. Whereas both teams are kind of in the same situation. Obviously, Newcastle have that extra day if you want to, if you want, um, to recover and, and prepare for the game. But, um, they've both had to travel. They're both playing must win games in Europe. They can't afford to rest players in those European games. And then they can't afford to rest players on the weekend because they are chasing the, 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 the pack, so to speak, trying to get back into Champions League for next season. I think it's going to be an exciting game. As you said, it's going to be won and lost in midfield. And we've seen how physical Newcastle's midfield can be. And, and, and for majority of the season, they have been. Um, you look at United's midfield and you see the wo- woes that they've had, the, you know, the, the amount of changes that they've had in midfields. They're now relying on a youngster at the moment in midfield. I know Newcastle have uh, a youngster in their midfield as well, but maybe he's more senior with the amount of games that he's played, um, in recent weeks. I think is it three games now for, for Lewis Miley? Uh, he started twice. Uh, no, he started three times now. Yeah. Yeah. Three times. And he's come off the bench a couple of times. Yeah. yeah he's a seasoned vet. He's a seasoned vet. If you, if you compare him to, uh, Mainu. Uh, at Man United, who had uh, an impressive debut. Um, so we'll see if that continues for them. But yeah, I just think Newcastle's midfield is going to be too physical for them. I think the runners are going to be too much for Man United. I can see Bruno Fernandes throwing his hands up in the air, complaining. Um, it's, it's not going to be a fun game for Man United. It's at St. James's Park in the evening. I mean, do you, can you write a more entertaining atmosphere? Probably Crystal Palace still for me. Crystal Palace evening game, Salas Park. Is still my best, but I think St. James's Park, eight o'clock, big game against a team that they're looking to take down and take their place, you know, in, in, in the echelon of pre, uh, English football. I think it's going to be a tasty game. I think Newcastle come out on top for Man United. If this result does happen, it's another big game where Ten Hag has come short. And I think, you know, I don't know if there's a seat that is as hot as his. I know you mentioned company. Um, there, there are a few other managers that have really hot seats at the moment, but with the expectations of what Man United are meant to be, um, they can't be getting dismantled in games like this and, and, and their manager gets to live to tell the tale. I, I think this might be a game that the questions start to get raised again. Uh, yeah, I've said three nil. If I was looking at a path for Man United to win this game, it, it would be what, Jake sitting back, trying to use the pace of the likes of Rashford going forward and being really, really clinical. Um, Rashford's not been that dude this season. I, I don't know how Man United are able to then wrestle a result out of this game. Yeah, I think I think they've just got to hope that Newcastle's fatigue sets in um, and that if they can keep it tight, that they can nick something um, in the second half. On, on the break um, I think giving Newcastle the ball is probably their best strategy um, because we, we're much better when we can sort of enact our press on the opposition if, if we have the ball and we have to break through numbers it can be difficult um, so yeah that's probably how they should play it but in the two games since the Carabao Cup final 
Um, it's just been complete domination from Newcastle, really. Um, so yeah, I would expect more of the same. I just don't think they have the, I don't think they have the patience to play the game that would get them, um, give them a chance. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. All right, Jake. Uh, we're going to take a break for some adverts and then we will come back. I'll give you a chance to gather your thoughts with regards to Muhammad Salah Mountain. Um, yeah, we will be back after this short break. All right, we are back. Jake, Muhammad Salah Mountain, another perfect mountain in my opinion, my unbiased opinion. Myself and the committee were working really hard. It was early this morning. Um, we had to get this list in today before recording this podcast. I'm going to run through a couple of names that are highlighted and, and, and everyone, you can find, uh, Muhammad Salah Mountain, the list, uh, uh, at a tad predictable on Twitter. It's, it's got the tears there. Um, we'll start with the base camp, Jake. Obviously the base camp, it, it, it has players that are wanting to, to, to get onto the mountain. They're, they're, they're showing me something. Um, and, and they're hoping to get onto the mountain. Obviously, um, Eddie Nketiah was on the mountain. He's got a down arrow there, as you can see. He's fallen down into the base camp. Um, he had that hat trick a while back in the end. He hasn't really done much for me since then. We've got Ferguson in there who again scored last weekend. I want more minutes from him. If he can get more minutes and continue to be as, as lethal up front, I, I think there is a way for him and a pathway for him to get onto the mountain. Uh, Solly Marsh, I think, has been low-key, really, really solid this season. Um, for, for Brighton in a season when they've suffered a lot of injuries and, and a lot of inconsistency with players like, uh, Matoma, I, th- I think he's been a steady Eddie in there. Olisi, for me, he's still on base camp because of his injuries. If he can stay fit, I, I can see him shooting up the mountain because, um, I do have a bias towards him. He was my player last season, my young player to look out for last season. Um, he scored another wonder goal this weekend, but yeah, I, I just can't put him on if, if he's just going to continue to get injured. Um, yeah, I think for base camp, those are the ones I really wanted to highlight. We look at the tiers now on the mountain. Obviously at the top is the pinnacle. Then we've got the Rolls Royce tier. We've got the purple patch tier, consistently good tier, the frisky tier, and then the on their day tier. Now we've already had a comment, uh, from someone on Twitter saying, shouldn't the purple patch be below consistently good mate. Well, I don't think it should be Jake because purple patch for me is people that are revving the engine really high um, at a level that I don't know if they can maintain it. If they can maintain it, they're going to shoot up to the Rolls Royce tier. Whereas consistently good are players that are solid. They put in good performances. They're not going to give you a bad performance or you rarely ever see a bad performance from them, but they're not on the upper echelon of players. I, I don't know how you feel about that. Um, I think that was from at DLent91 on Twitter that was asking about um, whether or not the, the the purple patch and the consistently good should be switched over. What do you reckon? I I think I'm fine with your... um. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with your, your definitions. Thank you. Thank you. Again, proving how well constructed this uh, mountain is. Okay, so uh, in, in terms of players to highlight, Kudu has jumped onto the mountain. He's in the on their day tier. Um, I think he's been quite good for West Ham. Um, I'm looking, um, you know, he's one to keep an eye on. Uh, 
I'm interested in how well and how long. Um, obviously, we saw Pedro Neto was on the mountain and then he got that injury. So, you know, he had to come off of the mountain because injured players are not considered for the mountain. But Wang He Chan is on the mountain. He's on the frisky tier. I'm enjoying his football at the moment, Jake. And, and, um, Wolves, I'm sure Wolves fans have been enjoying his, um, his season so far. He, he's been quite clinical in front of goal. Ollie Watkins continues to be in that purple patch mountain. He just can't seem to stop scoring. Rodri is looking impressive in midfield, uh, in, in my opinion. I don't know if there's many better in world football at, at, at what he does. Uh, Saka continues to, to be a Rolls Royce player for Arsenal. You highlighted him when we were discussing Arsenal in terms of no one else is really coming to the party from an attacking standpoint, certainly not at a consistent level. Um, but, uh, Saka is doing so. Uh, shout out to Vicario, who I think has, um, surprised a lot of people. Um, I think he's been quite a, quite a, quite a really, really quality goalkeeper in the Premier League. He probably shoots up in terms of rankings for me in the Premier League. I think he's playing as the second best goalkeeper in the Premier League at the moment. Uh, I, I don't know if that's a hot take, but I, I don't see him doing much wrong. I like his positioning. I like his, um, when he makes saves and, and a lot of Tottenham keepers used to do this. Loris, was a prime example of this. They would parry the ball right into the danger area. He gets rid of that thing. Um, a la what Allison does at Liverpool. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on the mountain? Obviously, Mohamed Salah still in the pinnacle tier on his own. Um, even in a game when Liverpool gave him no opportunity to do anything in the game, he still manages to get an assist to Trent Alexander Arnold. He's the best player in the Premier League. And, uh, yeah, I think that's quite clear. Yeah, I think I'm, uh, I'm, happy, I'm happy enough with the mountain. I'm just looking at it now. I think Sonny March is out for the season. How, does he not need to come out? Is he out? Oh He's no, out. He, he hasn't played for over a month. He's out for the oh season. no, there has been there has been <laughs> someone that has crept through. He's on the base camp though. He's on the base camp. Um, he needs to be removed. He needs okay. to be sent to the hospital. <laughs> he, he he's going to get removed next week. Um, look, at, at least it's on the base camp. It it it, it it's. It's not as as bad as it could have been. If he was on the mountain, the panel would have definitely been in for uh, the hairdryer treatment. I can tell you that much. But yeah, okay, he he's one to look out for. And I think I think maybe Douglas Luiz and uh, Bruno Gimarash could be uh, could be bumped up one. I think they've both been consistently good this year, especially in the last week. I think the last week both of them have had a, a really good weeks. So uh, could maybe that's one for next week. Yeah, I think so. Uh, would you say Paulinha falls into that? We've got at um the small guy on Twitter who was saying how how you consider Paulinha on that on their day. Um, I'm assuming he thinks Paulinha should be higher up. Yeah, but the thing is, he didn't play this week, did he? He's suspended, so you know you got you got to, you got to get punished for when you get your suspension. You can't you can't stay high on the mountain if you get if you get suspended. You got to have you got got to get a couple of bumps down and have to work your way back up. I think. Interesting. Yeah, I agree with you. But yeah, in, in any other names you want to? Gordon's obviously on the list. I'm sure you're happy with that. Yeah, I, th- I think that was a mistake last time I was on. I'm glad that's been sorted. I'm glad that that's been uh, corrected. But no, there's not nobody that that jumps out to me. Um, wait, where's uh, is Darwin Nunes on there anywhere? Or is he uh, is he struggling to get on at the moment? He's on the bottom tier. He's on their day. Um, if you okay. look at if you look at his 
obviously performance on the weekend, you wonder how he's hanging on. But he has, if you've noticed, slid from left to right on that on that day tier. He is he is teetering. Uh he needs something big to to stay on this mountain because on on his day he is good, but you can't have on your days every once in, you know, two hundred games. He he needs to do something to to stay on. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. So the t- so not only is it ordered in tiers, but the actual tiers are ordered from left to right. I didn't realize that. There is controversy. There is controversy regarding that, and and there is a, a, a an internal battle with the panel with regards to whether it goes left to right. I'm I'm adamant it goes left to right, and it should go left to right. Um, there are some that think the tiers are the tiers, and we should just leave them be as they are. Um, but that, that's one I think I'll, I'll have to address at a later stage because we, we haven't come to a conclusion on that. No, I, I, I like the idea of the left to right. I think that adds a little bit more drama. But, uh, there we go. No, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. Just, uh, just a couple of names that I maybe I'd put higher up, but yeah, that's all it is. Just, uh, just my opinion. A slight tweak. All right. So again, I, th- I think it's safe to say another successful mountain. We'll, we'll see how it carries on in future iterations. But let's move on to the rest of the fixtures for this weekend, Jake. Um, we move on to Sunday. We've got Bournemouth versus Aston Villa. We saw Bournemouth come good uh, on the weekend. A game that you look at the score sheet and you think, oh, wow, did Solanke get a hat-trick? And then you realize he was not involved in any of these goals. What, what was going on? Bournemouth have found attacking firepower that doesn't involve Solanke. Is that sustainable? And will they be able to reproduce that against an Aston Villa side who obviously put Spurs to one side this past weekend with um, the help of uh, none other than Ollie Watkins and Paul Torres? Yeah, this is going to be this is going to be really really interesting interesting match. Former for obviously um, a little bit um, renewed optimism there. Does seem like the manager's finally starting to get his messages across. I really like uh, Tavernier's play. I really liked him last season. He seems to get a lot of injuries, but when he's been fit, he's been really good in this league. Uh, and I think if you look at his sort of goals and assists per minute since he's moved to Bournemouth, I think it'd be pretty high. So yeah, he's definitely one. Um, I'd like to see more of, um, and yeah, I think he, he, he could perhaps be the main attacker there ahead of Solanke. May, you know, I think he does go a little bit under the radar in the quality he has. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge game. Obviously, we lost there a couple of weeks ago. Um, we were a little bit sort of walking wounded that day, but Bournemouth played with such energy. Um, and the fans were behind them at home. It was so difficult for Newcastle to even get in the game. Um, we obviously had our excuses why we weren't at our best, but I think a lot of it was down to Bournemouth too. And if they delivered a similar sort of performance this weekend against Aston Villa, who will have a European game, um, yeah, I think I think they could I think they could cause Villa some problems. Um, I think Villa have been shaky away from home. I think they've got lucky in the way things have gone for them in some games, like the Chelsea game. The gusto red card happened at the right time for them. Um, before that, it looked like Chelsea were going to win that. Uh, and then Villa went on to win. Tottenham last weekend really should have been out of sight in the first half and then a couple of tweaks from Emery to sort of get Villa back into it. But again, there it was sort of Tottenham being wasteful coupled with their injuries, which which caused Villa to get the result there. It's just a good time to play Tottenham. So I, I'm still a little bit less convinced about them away from home. Um, they obviously had a loss in the Conference League as well. Um, 
against a team that you'd expect them to beat. So, yeah, I, I think they're slightly shaky away from home. I think the Bournemouth have got a chance this weekend. They're obviously full of confidence and scored plenty of goals over the last few weeks. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm going to tip the one all. I'm, I'm not, I still think Villa are, are a much better team. But, yeah, I, I slightly worry about them away from home, especially straight after a European game. Um, and Bournemouth been good. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go for the one all. I thought you were building up to a Bournemouth win in that one. No, I'm tempted, but no, I'll go for the one all. I'm happy with that. All right. I, I think it's going to be a tough game for Aston Villa. As you mentioned, they will be coming back from European football, but I, I think they scrape by in this one. I've gone with a one nil win. I think Ollie Watkins continues to produce for them in the important games. Are you worried about Diaby's form at the moment? He seems to either have either teams have started sussing him out a bit better and, 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 and looking at ways to stifle him or he's not been, you know, living up to the hype that we saw earlier in the season. Again, one of those teetering on, on the far right hand side of Mohamed Salah Mountain on the lost bottom tier. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think DRB prior to the international break, I think got an assist in the game before. Um, the international break, and I think prior to that, he, he scored a couple of weeks earlier. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not too worried about DRB. I think he's, he'll be fine. He's, um, just had a couple of bad games, but yeah, I think he's, he's still an important player for Villa, and he's got that, I think, outside of Watkins, he is their best attacker. So yeah, he, I think a few, few poor games here and there, well, he just the Premier League is normal, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be too worried about it. Well, um, speaking of people that shouldn't be worried, um, Long term, I don't think Chelsea should be worried about the team. I think the plethora of talent that they've accumulated, um, over the last couple of transfer windows will see, you know, they, they will bear fruit eventually. Obviously, they've still got the likes of Nkunku to come back. That's another dimension to that team, but they were emphatically destroyed by Newcastle last weekend. They will be at home this weekend against Brighton. How do you see this game going? For me, I think Chelsea need to have a response to that Newcastle game. Um, Brighton have the, you know, luxury or misfortune of playing in Europe. Um, this week, Chelsea have that week. They have the players. Um, they have the squad depth. I just think they face Newcastle of, I, I mean, I understand Newcastle have so many injuries and, and, and all of that. I just think this Chelsea team that was starting to try and build some sort of momentum faced a Newcastle team at the wrong time. This was not the team they needed to be facing. They needed a, a few more, you know, games to, to really grow what they were trying to grow with the, you know, the, the, the Spurs win and then the, the draw with Man City. I thought they were starting to build something. And then, as I said, it came crashing down against Newcastle. But is this a good chance for them? Um, against Brighton, we know they're shaky defensively this season. They've obviously got issues when it comes to the defensive side of things, um, with, with, with suspensions. Um, no dunk, no Estepina. Lamptey's looking, you know, like he's not going to be able to stay fit at the moment. Webster's injured at the moment or, or, or sorry, um, he's expected to be back soon, but not soon enough. Uh, it, it seems like this is the type of game. I think a, a Chelsea team that was starting to build some momentum needs. I can see Chelsea at home, um, shaking off that Newcastle defeat, being able to take a Brighton side who would have played in Europe to task and, and win this one two nil. Yeah. I think, um, 
Yeah, I'm happy with that prediction. I think Chelsea are going to win. I think the big things that went against them last weekend is that Casado couldn't start because of uh, being away from French national duty and getting back late. And a good is it a good Chukwu, um who played? He, he didn't look as good. He's obviously very raw, new to the league, very young. Um, so yeah, they definitely missed him. Um, and yeah, I think um, the the change they made at the back didn't, didn't suit them either. Badi Ashile came in and he didn't look as comfortable. But yeah, that, that was two big changes that they made that uh, sort of hurt them. I, I do think they they're weak defensively at the moment. We thought they've conceded eight goals and lost two Premier League matches. Um, so yeah, it's obviously a worry. But yeah, I think it's a good time to play Brighton. Brighton obviously going to go for the Europa League. Um, and they've sort of been quite poor after they played in Europe this season. They do seem to struggle with the three games of the week. Um, and Chelsea being at home, being able to sort of have an opportunity to bounce back from a really disappointing performance, having a week to prepare for it, I think really does play into their hands. Reese James has been out as a blow, but I think Gusto has been pretty good this season when he has deputised. Um, so yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to go for the, I think I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I think I'm gonna go for a three-two. I think it's gonna be really entertaining, but I think Chelsea are gonna gonna get gonna get the win. Um, but yeah, I just I just really don't trust that defense at Chelsea. I can't see them keep the clean sheet, especially against a team as as fluid as Brighton. But yeah, I think three-two, Chelsea get back to winning ways, and it'll be another really really good game. It does seem at the moment that every single week Chelsea are dishing up really good matches to neutrals. All right, let, let's move on to the team that played Monday night football against. Um, Wolves, um, obviously they, they had some decisions go their way. Some would say, I, I thought they were adventurous. I thought, um, they looked quite positive going forward. And, and this is obviously Fulham I'm talking about. They were worried about whether or not they could get goals, you know, for a sustainable time during the season. But I, I guess two penalties is a, is a good way to, to continue scoring goals. Well done to William getting them in. Um, Iwobi looked, like he had a bit of a free role he looked um like and and it, it needs to be the situation for Iwobi where he needs to come of age I feel I feel like Iwobi is one of those players that is sort of like Jesse Lingard unfortunately where they're consistently being referred to as you know the the the, the potential that they have and then they're not quite realizing the potential until it's too late um I think Iwobi now's the time he he can't be a player that's we, you know, talked about what the potential, talked about, you know, what he was when he was coming up at Arsenal. Um, he's well past his Arsenal days. He obviously had that stint at Everton. He's now at Fulham. They need him to be a big player for them. He came good for them with the goal this past week. And, and I'm sure they'll be hoping he continues to do that going forward. For Liverpool, I think the big thing for them is worrying about Alison Becker and whether or not, um, that, uh, hamstring injury that he, appeared to get on the weekend is a significant one. Um, so they'll be holding their breath for him on that one because I think he's been phenomenal this season. To me, best goalkeeper in the world, um, especially one-on-one situations, the amount of times he saves Liverpool. And if Alisson is out for a prolonged period of time, I think we are going to finally see how poorly constructed this Liverpool team actually is. Um the whole McAllister playing central uh, defensive midfielder, I think, is uh, it's not working in my opinion. But he just so happens to have Virgil Van Dyke behind him, who finally is starting to look like the Virgil Van Dyke pre his injury. He's got Allison behind him as well, who is 
the best or is at least in contention. Um, I, I don't think that can be argued uh, for one of the best goalkeepers in world football at the moment. You remove Allison from that. I think, yeah, you, you, I think you're going to see Liverpool are not what, um, they appear to be at the moment. Um, going forward, we mentioned Darwin Nunes. He needs to be more consistent, but again, still in his second year, still a young, raw player. I think he's one that can still be classified as young and raw. Whether or not you want to say the price tag doesn't allow him or afford him the opportunity to be young and raw um, at, at that price tag, I guess is a is an is an argument that we could have with regarding to him. But yeah, I, I think Liverpool midfield looks a lot better apart from that central defensive midfield thing. So Bosle, I think, is carrying this team at the moment with his energy um, in midfield driving forward. Salah still being Salah, which is which is a good thing for Liverpool, but. Yeah, I'm, as you can tell, Jake, I'm not as optimistic about this Liverpool team as maybe the league table suggests. I, I think there are cracks in this team. Um, we know the injury uh, issues they have defensively. Um, we know Matip isn't consistent in terms of staying fit. Kanate isn't consistent in terms of staying fit. Robertson is obviously injured at the moment. Can Simicas go on a consistent run of, of good games? Time will tell. I think they have enough against Fulham. Um, I can see. I'm going to say two one because I I don't think Allison plays, um, and I I think Fulham will cause Liverpool some issues, even though it's at home for Liverpool. I I know Liverpool have European football this week. They shouldn't play many of their starting players, but we know what Klopp is like. He will play way more. Um, starting 11 players than you would expect him to play in that European game. And that might um, have a knock-on effect in this game. But yeah, I think it will be 2-1. It won't be an easy game. It will be um, sort of Liverpool scraping through a 2-1 win. It, I guess from their perspective, a win, a win is a win. But um, I'm not thinking it's going to be as comfortable as maybe it should look on paper. Yeah, I, I understand that. Um, yeah, it's... I, I I think it should be comfortable on paper. I think Liverpool at home is so so good, and I I don't think Fulham are a very good team really, um, especially away from home. I think Polina being back is massive. Maybe it's a sort of audition for him uh, to try and get transferred to a bigger club. Um, he, he'll be he'll be key for Fulham. But yeah, I um I think I think Liverpool should win this really comfortably. Um, they've been pretty good at home this year. Um, Salah's been in great form. I think Nunes is on the verge of doing. Something crazy in a Premier League game, like getting a hat trick or scoring a couple, or you know, one day he's just going to score four or five goals in a game. It's just not going to be surprising. Um, and yeah, I just Fulham. I think they're, I think they're going to stay up quite comfortably, but I think they're going to lose a lot of games like this. I think whenever they go away to one of the better teams, I think they're going to lose quite easily. I think that'll be the case this weekend. Um, if Allison's out, that'll be a blow. But I don't know how much Fulham will even get in attack anyway so um, and I, I think Keller has a, a decent talent I don't think he's, it's obviously a big drop off but I don't think he's a, he's, he's terrible by any means um, so yeah I think I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty confident Liverpool win this I, I think I'm going to go 3-0 um, yeah I, I don't I can sort of see your concerns on a bigger level um, sort of 
if it comes to the title, but in this particular game, I don't think there should be any concerns. That is fair enough. Let's move on to West Ham versus Crystal Palace, uh, the penultimate game for this weekend. West Ham looked like they were in trouble against Burnley early on, and, and then they end up going to win that game without Jared Bowen. Um, is, is that optimistic for West Ham that they can win games without, you know, someone that's been sort of their talisman this season? I know James Ward Prowse would argue that he, he's been in contention for that, uh, this season. But coming up against Crystal Palace, we mentioned them a bit earlier, that 2-1 loss to, um, Luton. But I think the bigger thing for them is not that two, that they lost 2-1. It's, it's that, you know, Eze could be out for a period of time. I know he, Personally, I think he, he mentioned he's targeting to be back before Christmas, but depending on how long he's out, Olesi, again, I'm going to throw his name out there. He's going to have to step up quite big to, to sort of spark this Crystal Palace team. I, I know when we look at sort of the, the league table and where they are at the moment, um, they're in 13th place, 15 points, 10 points clear of, you know, Sheffield United in, 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 uh, 18th place in that last relegation spot. From an overall standpoint, it looks quite good. It, but I think games like this, I know it's away from home. Um, you know, West Ham team that will be coming back from Europe, Europe. I'm sneaky targeting this if I'm Crystal Palace. I wish I had an Eze to, to add to the firepower, but it, I'm, if I'm Crystal Palace, I think if I can come away with the, with, with the one, one in this one, I'll be quite happy. Um, I'm, 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 I'm going to call an upset. I'm going to call a one nil Crystal Palace win in this one. Yeah, I, I think, I think things at Crystal Palace are quite bad at the moment, though. There's a lot of injuries. Um, yeah. There seems to be grumbles about the long term vision. There seems to be Hodgson has made a lot of weird comments. Uh, it's just not a happy place. Like, if this was the Crystal Palace at the start of the season, I'd be very confident they could go to West Ham and win. But it's not. Um, and I don't really think West Ham are going to do that well this weekend. I don't think Palace are going to do that well. Um, I think West Ham have struggled after they've played European games. Um, I think they, they've been a little bit better at home this year, but not, not massively. Um, they obviously came back to beat Nottingham Forest a few weeks ago there after going 2-1 behind. Um, got a good win last week at Burnley, but they just seem to be just getting by at the moment. Um, so yeah, um, Without Eze... It's going to be tough for Palace. At least they've been back to huge, but I just don't think the mood at Palace is great. I think what I'm going to go one all in this one. I think that Palace is going to go there to frustrate West Ham. I don't think West Ham are going to have the answers. They really struggle when they have to have more position than their, their opposition. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go one all. Uh, but yes, really not going to get pretty much. No, certainly not. Well, I guess the neutrals will be hoping Man City versus Tottenham will be a pretty watch. We know Tottenham are one of the teams reeling from injuries at the moment. They they were at the hands of a very controversial tackle um last weekend on Benton Court. And I I don't know if it's uh and and I'm 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 curious to hear your thoughts on that tackle from Maddie Cash. But I don't know if it's the fact that it was a tackle on Benton Court that got people, you know, up in arms more so than the tackle itself. If it had been on someone else would it would the outrage been as high as as was it was in that game? But I think for me the interesting thing with Spurs is yes they didn't have the James Madison's. Um, we know Richarlison's injured. They 
you know, their starting center back pair is injured. They didn't have their midfield, you know, Saar was picked up an injury. Uh, they had suspensions for the likes of Basuma, etc. They had a lot missing in that game against Aston Villa, but still they went sort of balls to the wall, if I can say, and, and looked to be very attacking, sort of, we're going to score more goals than you. They created a lot of chances. A lot of them obviously were offside. Um, but going forward, irrespective of the personnel that's playing, it seems like they're going to be a team that are going to be able to create chances and, 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 um, you know, look for ways to be attacking. I know in that Aston Villa game, they, they almost had, you know, three or four quarterbacks, um, playing, you know, whether it was from the center backs or the midfielders and just having runners, five runners making runs, some from deep, some, you know, on the defend, on the offside line, you know, towing with that line. And, and then you're playing long balls in behind because they knew Aston Villa had that high line. Um, City have a high line quite similar to that. If you want to do that, I think it could be quite successful against City in the sense that Rodri is very good at breaking down any counterattacks that happen. Um, if you want to bypass him and sort of just go over the top, that could be an, an, an avenue that could they could be successful against Man City. But it, it's another home game for Man City. We know their record at home. Um, it was the first time this calendar year against Liverpool last week where they didn't win their, their home game. Um, so it's going to be a tough task for Spurs. As I said, the personnel that's missing, um, I think, I think makes this a difficult game for Spurs. I know they've got a good record against Spurs and re- against Man City in recent history, but I just think looking at who's missing for Spurs, oh, it's a tough one. I, I'm I'm going to go two one to Man City, um, but I'm 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 very very excited for this game because I think Spurs are definitely going to give it a go. Yeah, I think Spurs, Spurs only know one way under Ange. Uh, we saw that when they went down to Neumann. They're not going to be, <laughs> they're not going to be scared to, to, to attack City. Um, and if they had all their players, I think they'd have a really good chance. Um, but yeah, without the players they're missing, I think it's going to be really tough. I think City are going to be determined to bounce back after dropping points to Liverpool. Um, I think they're going to be really at it this weekend. Um, and just the quality. Play the, the difference in quality this weekend is going to be huge. I think Son is going to ha- get on the score sheet. He always does well against City. They seem to be one of his favourite opponents. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure he will get chances. Like I'm sure Tottenham's style will lead to them getting chances. But I just think City, if you if you're going to leave your defence wide open and, and commit men forward, you're just you're, you're asking for trouble really against Haaland. And yeah, I think that they don't really have the defenders that will be back to contain him. Like him going up against Derek Dyer or him going up against Ben Davis is a is a real concern um, for Tottenham. So yeah, I think I do. I think it's gonna be a really entertaining watch, uh, but I think City are gonna be quite comfortable winners. I think I'm gonna go four two. I think it's gonna be lots of goals in this one. That would be a fantastic way to end the weekend. And obviously, as we mentioned, there are midweek games for the Premier League next week. So it's a busy time for the Premier League. It's been a, a very busy show. Um, thank you so much for coming on, Jake. Do you have anything you want to plug, put over, promote before we wrap up? Uh, nothing major. Just uh, check out EPL Index. Uh, all my writings are on there. And yeah, um, check out the EPL Roundtable podcast too. 
Yep. Guys, uh, from my end, go and check out, as Jack said, EPL Index website, their match previews, post-match reviews, player performances, all of the news that you guys could wish for. That includes transfer rumors and news that is obviously going to start gearing up as we head closer and closer to January. I can't believe we're almost close to another transfer window, Jake. Are you ready for that? Yeah, not ready yet. <laughs> Let's get December out of the way. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, guys, um, of course, also as um, go and check out the daily podcast show. It's the Two Footer Podcast where Dave Hendrick uh, discusses all of the news in the Premier League. It's it's a weekly show. And then on the weekend, as Jake has mentioned, go and, fo- go and check out EPL Roundtable um, where they will be discussing, uh, reviewing and previewing the happenings around the EPL Go and follow the show on a tad predictable on Twitter. A uh, huge thank you to those that did send their comments with regards to Mohamed Salah Mountain. I hope we addressed um, the issues that you guys did have. And uh, as I said, I'm, I'm quite confident that this has been another phenomenal list. Uh, in my humble opinion, uh, thank you to the panel that woke up bright and early to get that one over the line. Um, go and follow at EPR Index on Twitter. Go and subscribe to EPL Index podcast channel on your podcast providers. Give us five stars, write positive comments. That stuff really does help us out. I've been Teddy Watch and Akira. You can find me on a Twitter handle at Tad Predicts. Huge thank you to OBC Menya. He's at John Empire SA and Jody McKenna. She's at Spursy141 for our guest intros. Our producer behind the glass, Mr. Guy Drinkle. He's at Guy Drinker on Twitter. He's been Jake Jackman. He's at Jake Jackman with two N's. And remember, Chisunga Perry. Chino Shura. Sports Social Podcast Network.